0: music okay so i'm here actually with my son levy Levi Heskel, and um we're talking about the podcast the kosher terroir and what was your first question
1: well um my first question was what does uh, what does that mean exactly what's a what's a terroir
0: oh a terroir it, well it sounds okay. fancy it's it is it's very fancy it's a french word it's probably one of the um, absolutely most uh, incredibly overused wine word that most people don't understand. Uh, it's, it, it's had like a rocky history to it. It was originally, even it, when terroir was discussed about wines in the old days, it was about an earthy taste from the wine which was normally because of an aberration, a problem, like a bad cork or what have you with the wine. It's come to be known more towards four basic elements. First of all, we're talking about climate. Is it cool? Is it a warm climate? And there's a reason for that, because in a situation with warmer climates— the vineyards produce grapes that have much higher sugar levels, much higher sugar levels mean more acidity, uh, excuse me, more alcohol,
1: more alcohol, content, okay. yeah.
0: more alcohol content and actually lower acidity in a situation where you have, uh, a cooler climate, you have less sugar, you have less alcohol and you have more acidity coming out of the grapes themselves. So that's, that's basically, does that factor in seasonally or is that more
1: location based
0: it's it can be seasonally and it's it actually creates problems if you've got a particularly hot summer or you've got a particularly cool summer it can change what you'd normally get out of the vineyard for that year so when we talk about vintages which year, uh, specific grapes or wine was produced? It's based on that. It, it's very dependent upon the weather that occurred. Um, besides things like hailstorms and what have you, that you can end up destroying a vineyard. But the the difference between hot and cold makes a makes a huge dis- difference. And we'll talk about it in a minute when we get um, to one of the other elements. Mm-hmm. Okay, the second is the soil. Uh vineyards are made up of all different types of soil, from uh, terra rosa, clay soils, to gravel, to stone, you know, granite and limestone. Limestone where roots from vines can actually reach down through the limestone and get to pockets of water. And absorb water from them, they act like little reservoirs for some grapes. So in some instances, you've got like here in Israel, we actually water grapes for the most part. In many instances, in France and uh, Spain, there are vineyards that they don't water uh, specifically. They're not even permitted to water them to to fit within the rules of growing wine in that area in that location. Mm-hmm. So stones, um, clay, all the different uh, materials can cause very different drainage of water or retention of water that all produce very different um, finishing products as far as the grapes are concerned.
1: When you talk about the stone or the clay, this is in regards to what what it's held in what yeah,
0: what the what the vineyard is actually growing in so the grapevines are actually in in order for them to grow mm-hmm. okay so that's what it's talking about as far as soil the third one is terrain terrain is interesting uh, it's the altitude of the vines uh, geological features um, whether they're next to large bodies of water the flora the plants the You know, the microbes and the trees that are surrounding them. Geological features is actually incredibly interesting because some of the most beautifully complex wines are that way because of temperature fluctuation. During the morning, the vines are cold. During the evening, the vines might be much warmer. And then they go back into a cycle of cooling off during the evening Mm -hmm. and night. And then cold and then back to warm again especially in places where they're on hillsides that get exposure of in California you have some hillsides that are, that are exposed to morning fog coming in from the water which cools the vines down significantly or warm sunny climates in the afternoon evening that keep the keep the grapes very very warm during the day that interaction or that change between hot and cold can meaningfully change what's going on within the grapes. And it produces grapes that have, it produces wines that have incredible characteristics, really amazing flavors and features. So as far as the terrain is concerned, that's really important. So the terrain, so all of these things work together. The terrain works with the soil, works with the climate and the terrain can actually impact the climate tremendously and that's that's really special.
1: So let me do my uh, my little marketing expertise here. Go ahead. What would that me. look like in in a practical application to a wine? What's a good wine that has very complex taste based it's, off of this? It's
0: well it's one of the reasons why some of the California wines have such incredible flavors because they're they're located in areas that get this temperature variation. And because of that, it makes the wines much more complex. It's also a reason why there's certain growing areas that are particularly desirable like Napa Valley or Sonoma Valley there it's it's the reason why certain ridge lines in California have trademark wines that are produced on those ridges because of because of it. Mm-hmm. It's also the same in France. There are areas um, of Burgundy and Bordeaux that have hillsides where you get different mixes of temperatures and um, different exposures to sun because of it. Also in Italy, it's a, it's a, throughout the wine world, people look for hilly areas where they can get different... Different mixes. Dynamic of, temperatures and of, everything? Of the temperatures, yeah.
1: Does that also hold true in terms of the different varietals of grapes or some some varietals like react better
0: than others? It's absolutely true. Some, some varieties of grapes or varietals are like the temperature change. Some like cool weather, some like warm weather. We're finding now... It's an interesting question to ask, especially in today's world, where there's this whole issue of global warming. In the past, people were always focused on some of the more robust uh, varietals that came out of France, like Cabernets, Cabernet Sauvignon, um, Cab Franc. But at at the same time, in Merlots, there were... Varietals that stood up to warm weather better, like Syrah's, and but people really wanted Cab's and they mm-hmm. wanted Merlots, and winemakers basically planted those. In today's world, because of global warming, you're finding that the temperatures in these vineyards are going up. They're less. Um, the, certain varietals like Cab, Cabernet, is le- is more sensitive to the heat than something like a Syrah. So you're finding that, that there are a number of wineries that are now either blending Syrah into their mm-hmm. cabs or creating a new type of varietal. Well, it isn't new really, but um, a Mediterranean-style varietal that's geared more towards Syrah uh, or some of the um, Mediterranean grapes that grow much better. Okay? So that's, yes, it does, it It impacts (laughs) it tremendously. Um, The last element of what terroir is, is tradition. It isn't something that's spoken about a lot because most of the new wineries in California and and even the older ones in Spain or what have you that people think about the three first elements but tradition is something that's really key especially within entrenched wine growing areas okay particularly winemaking traditions in a place like as an example in Spain in Madeira they have been growing um, grapes for years, and they actually take the barrels and they leave them under the sun to uh, to age and ferment, and that's become a tradition that gives Madeira a very specific, a very specific taste, um, kind of old world taste. Here in Israel, we're in an area with an almost 3,000-year-old tradition in growing grapes and making wine. We've been making wine for religious, ritual, traditional reasons for, for that period of time. And it's, it's such a key element that whenever kosher, kosher wines are made throughout the world, they're specifically following these kosher traditions— and because of that, I really felt that as far as a, a wine blog or a wine podcast, I should say.
1: Yes, a little is, bit old world, but it's okay. Right.
0: <laughs> I felt that a wine podcast should have the name, especially if it's talking about only kosher wines, the kosher terroir, because it really is part of the tradition and the terroir of making kosher wines, no matter where in the world you're making them. So that's, that's the reason for kosher terroir. Okay. Cool. gives you a little bit of an insight into it, our craziness.
1: So now whenever I use it in a conversation,
0: I can, you
1: can sell, I can, I say, you know, yeah, $15 word, whatever it's fine.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's at least a $2 word, but hey, thank you very much for joining me and for asking questions. It's really great. Um, easy. Okay. I ask okay. a lot of
1: questions. It's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> Anytime
0: calling it. The kosher terroir has, it has its issues because how do people spell terroir? So then that's a question that comes up and whatever. So the kosher terroir, actually, if you just put it in on the web, it'll point back to the, to the podcast. And the goal is to drop that name into everything whether they're little tiktoks or whether they're um facebook posts or what have you critically acclaimed movies whichever right (laughs) obviously yes it's really great to have you on the on the channel
1: okay i'm happy to be here yeah hopefully uh this does well enough that i uh, you know they asked me to come back on here (laughs) that guy in the back is
0: really thrilled about this yes (laughs) very happy it's thank so you for crazy.
1: thank you for having me on i appreciate pleasure. it